beautiful friends. Welcome to the Arise to Life podcast, where we share real and raw conversations about our sometimes crazy, but always beautiful kind of lives. I'm Madison. Hey, it's Jill. It's me, Sarah. And hey, it's Ashlyn. And we are so excited that you're joining us today. Our desire is to encourage every girl in every season to arise to the abundant life that is waiting for her. Whether you're wrestling your toddlers or having a cup of coffee, we're here to come alongside of you and share the ups and downs of our faith, friendship, and everything in between. Hey guys, welcome to episode 7. And we just want to kind of do something a little different this time. We all recently attended James Rivers Design for Life conference. And so we just kind of want to recap and just share all of our takeaways from each session that was there for Design for Life. So on, let's see, it was Thursday night, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Debbie Lindell started us off with an awesome sermon. Does anybody want to kind of kick it off with anything that stood out to you on that one? Yeah, I think Debbie did awesome Friday night and the theme was, what was it? Heaven Heaven on Earth. Heaven on Earth. So it was all about being heaven-minded and kingdom-minded and I think like we all need to be reminded of that sometimes like we it, we just get easy going with the motions but we need to be, be reminded that this is a kingdom mission mm-hmm. like we're here on a mission we're not here to just like enjoy life and have fun all the time or whatever we're like we're here for this mission so a lot of the things she said was a heaven mindset changes everything about you and that was one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, and I think, too, going into it, we all kind of had that plan of we're not just going for, like, yes, we were going to have fun, but we were also going, like, there we there can be an appointed meeting here, too, you yeah. know? We were we going were ex- to receive. We right. were expecting. Right. And we joked about because we had one of our friends with us that was that's pregnant, and so we got to park in the expectant mother's right. parking. Yeah. And we all <laughs> laughed, and I, we were like, regardless of if she was with us or not, we're all mothers, and we're expectant <laughs> of the Lord to right. show up. And so um, there's so much truth to that, though. Yeah. Yeah. I loved how Debbie said the realities of the kingdom of heaven are for now. That's what I was saying. It's yeah. not like something that we're looking forward to in the mm-hmm. future. It's for now. And she said like how we all have the keys to the kingdom of heaven, yeah. but are we living like we have the keys? Like are we carrying them around with us or are our keys lost somewhere to where, yeah. you know, we don't know where they are and we're not utilizing them in the way, you know, like we have them. Are we utilizing them? I like what she said when speaking of the keys, like she talked about what it was like if the enemy has your keys. So you think like, oh, he just has your keys, but really what's on your key ring? So the key to my house is on my key Mm -hmm. ring, the key to my car, the key to uh, maybe my PO box Mm -hmm, or the key to all these keys are on my key ring. And so he doesn't just have the keys. He now has access to all the things Mm -hmm. that the keys hold. And to me, that was like huge because now he can just get into all of those things, which is exactly what he's after. But on the flip side, when we have the keys to the kingdom of heaven, we have access to all that God has. You know, we have access to so much more than, you know, we're living like we have access to. Yeah. 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 And another thing that she talked about was how the kingdom of of heaven is different than this world you know and if we want to experience the kingdom of heaven on earth then we have to value what the kingdom of heaven values we can't live like this world if we want to experience the kingdom of heaven in this world and it's the difference she said between the kingdoms is it's his presence yeah but 
I mean, we have the Holy Spirit here, so we can live in his presence here on earth. I mean, yeah, it's going to be completely different when we get to heaven. But to be aware and walking with the Spirit, we can have a spirit or a kingdom mind while we're here on earth. Yeah, and I liked how she said, are you living a life here you are intended to live? So are we living a life, um, I'll just say, of complacency? Or are we living like a heaven mindset, you know, heaven coming down, kingdom mindset life? And whenever we change our perspective and we change our mindset to the one we're supposed to have, you know, taking the authority that we do have and using it, it changes everything. You know, mm-hmm. it changes how we live. It changes how we think, what we do. So, yeah, I thought that was good. I like I had one note um, that I wrote down. She said that one step divides the kingdom of darkness from the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. Like, I think whenever I'm thinking of those two kingdoms, like I put them on polar opposite ends. Yeah. Right. Um, but in reality, like one step either direction determines what kingdom that you're living yeah. in and living for. Then um, our next, see, Bianca was next, wasn't yeah. she? She yeah. led off on Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talking about being marked by God and walking mm-hmm. in power and authority. Does anybody want to take off I on just, that? I really liked how every session was, were different things that we have already been walking through. You know, talking about um, authority was a huge one. I think yeah. even a few weeks before the conference, we... We were talking. We've been talking mm-hmm. about authority and how. I mean, I that mean, was our last podcast episode. Right, yeah, it's about been authority. something that's stirring in all of our hearts. Right, yeah. yeah. And I just loved how it was like we were getting filled up with things and and getting new uh, like tactics to use mm-hmm. and and how to use our authority, especially for this one. Whenever she talked about that, yeah. there was a quote that she quoted Saint Augustine in her message, and I just loved it. It said, "Preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words." Yeah, that was and good. to me, that like just speaks volumes because people think that if you're going to go walk in authority or to go have all this power that you've got to say the right things and, you know, be on a stage or that kind of thing. Well, it's not necessary, you know, like they want to see the power and authority through your actions and through how you, you show it. Yeah. She, um, like along those lines, she talked about how the greatest proclamation of the gospel isn't explanation. It's not explaining things to people. It's demonstration. Mm -hmm. And she just talked about how we've got to take that step from talking to doing like you know don't just be um speakers of the word but doers of the word and that should take us back to debbie's you know sometimes it might feel like we have all this pressure on us to demonstrate the right things or that we have to look a certain way but whenever we walk in the authority we were given you know we take the keys that we're given and we use them the way we're supposed to then the demonstration should just come naturally you know we shouldn't have to think about it it just should it should just be how we live Mm -hmm. And you look at like Jesus's ministry, he didn't have to prove his power and he didn't walk around trying to. I think, you know, the world tells us we have to, you know, we have to talk loud. Like you said, we have to be on a stage. We have to all these things. Jesus didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Like he wasn't out to prove who he like his power in any sort of Mm -hmm. overbearing way. Yeah. And I, she also said, when you know who Jesus is, you know who you are. Mm-hmm. And I loved that, you know, yeah. because I can look back on my life and um, when, the more I got to know his character, the more I fell in love with who I was, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, man, that's yeah, good. It's funny you say that because I was literally like writing a little bit today and, you know, I, I'm taught like right now I'm writing about identity crisis and how there's an identity crisis among our generation and probably the last couple gener- you know like it's mm-hmm. it's something that's widespread throughout our world and you know the first step 
everyone wants to say like, who am I? And in order to find your identity, it's not about getting to know yourself. Mm -hmm. Finding your identity is about getting to know God Mm -hmm. and his character and who he is. And that's the first step. And that's where we have a disconnect right now is because people want to find themselves when they really need to find God. Well, because we're made in his image. I mean, we're literally image image bearers. bearers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She also, Bianca also said, to find your calling, you have to forsake your comfort. Comfort. And that spoke so much Mm -hmm. to me because it's so easy to just not step out of your comfort zone. And whenever you're walking in the calling that God has for you, you're always going to be outside of your comfort Mm -hmm. zone. Mm -hmm. If you're comfortable, then there's more, you know, he's never going to let you stay comfortable. Right. Because he came to confront. He didn't do it in an overbearing way, like we just said, but he confronted all of the strongholds in everybody he encountered, you know? And if you look at Jesus's life, there is nothing comfortable about his life. No, no. He was homeless. He he didn't have a place to lay his head. You know, he was crucified. 40 days and 40 nights of fasting. There's nothing about his life that was comfortable. And that's not what we're called to either. I love that about him about his story because Mm -hmm. he's it's so relatable you know what i mean it's not we don't serve a god that was high and mighty born in a castle that sits Mm -hmm. on a throne that had everything handed to him kind of thing you know we serve a god that went through all the things that he tells us that we're going to go through in in this life you know and so i don't know the respect honestly that 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 gives is just incredible to me yeah that honestly takes us right into ruth's she talked about was stepping down Mm -hmm. you know and we're always like oh step up step up to the plate you got this you know Mm -hmm. and she like demonstrated on stairs and she was like step down the kingdom of heaven isn't about stepping up but it's to step down and to help the hurting and to humble ourselselves Yeah, Ashlyn's bestie, uh, Ruth. She, she is. Let me just let me just pause <laughs> here right about now it, guys. Yeah, we and tell this. you Thursday um, before DFL, <laughs> me and old Ruth Nordstrom yeah. met up at TJ Maxx and had us a little shopping day. I hope day. she hears this. I hope she does. I'll call I'll her after this, this and let her know open. to come. <laughs> so, so the only awkward part about this is that they went shopping together, but Ruth didn't know that. <laughs> hey, let me just Ruth was there. She shopped in the shadows because you know she's really tall. Yeah. I stood. Above the racks, you know, oh. like we made eye contact and we're there. forever best friends. Yeah, so she was like, you there's like a girl lurking. Over the racks, like, yeah, she she pulled her. apart the clothes and there I was. Like, just right there. <laughs> the restraining order is pending. Yeah. It's fine. It's like that marriage where she's like, we love was at first sight. She saw me right, right through my binoculars. Oh, yes. <laughs> like yeah, oh, I might as well have had binoculars. Oh gosh. Oh, gosh. And where were you? TJ Maxx. That's like your happy place. It too. is. So Matt it was just even happier. Yeah, it's yeah. really great. <laughs> so, but shout out to Ashland's best friend, yeah. Ruth Nordstrom. Yeah, yeah she, shout out. She did an incredible job. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. But I just love like so. You said she talked about stepping down, and her next point was to slow down. And yeah. to me. Um, that would, she might as well just have been speaking to me in the room because I am a very much fast pace, don't have time to slow down for anything kind of person. And she talked about how incredible it would be to give God your full attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, like honestly, when is the last time that the only attention, like that God got all my attention? I didn't think about what was going to be on for dinner tonight, what I was going to do when I picked up the boys from school. Like nothing else was on my mind except the Lord, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it was just, um, it was just a really cool to folk, like 
she said to give Jesus your first attention. Yeah. So, and she said, yeah. she also said what shapes our attention will shape our destiny. Yeah. And obviously, you know, she talked about, you know, social media and different things like that. But that really stuck out to me, you know, because like you said, it it is hard mm-hmm. for me anyway. It's hard to just solely focus on him. Like I'll take a notepad with me and I'll, if something comes to my mind that I like need to do or need whatever I need to do, I'll write it down just so I can get it out of my mind, but it was still in my mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I still wasn't giving him my full attention. And so that really stuck out to me, just that what shapes our attention will shape our destiny. And one of the enemy's greatest tactics um, is distraction. Right. Mm-hmm. Right next to isolation is distraction. Yeah. And so it doesn't even have to be a bad thing. Like, right. figuring out what's for dinner is not mm-hmm. bad, but if it consumes my mind and keeps me from being at peace and concentrating on the Lord, then the enemy's done exactly what he wants to do. You know, yeah. he's thrown crockpot meals in my mind when I'm trying to focus on the Lord, okay. you know? Yeah. yeah. And I have this written down, and I don't know if she posed this question or if I just wrote it down, but it says, why is busyness a trophy we hurry to earn? Mm. Um, and that just, it's so true. Mm-hmm. Like, we're like, well, I'm too, I'm busy. You know, I got this going on and this going on, and it's almost like if we're not busy... We're at fault. Then we're wrong. Right. Right? And so, like, if I was like, oh, I got to stay home mm-hmm. and spend time with the Lord and, like, spend time with my kids, it's almost like, oh, well, mm-hmm. you must not be doing much then, you know? Yeah. And it's really sad that, mm-hmm. that our world is that way. And if you think about it, everything is so fast-paced. If we have to wait five minutes for our cheeseburger at McDonald's, we're in a huff about it, yeah. you know? It's a big deal. And so slowing down, that it's hard for me too, but I think it's so important, you know, that stop and listen. You know, if we, if we don't give him time to speak, we're not going to hear from him. And she used, you know, the Good Samaritan parable in mm-hmm. there of like, because they were all busy, too busy to stop and help. And I think of that, like, how many, t- like, you don't know when you're accompanying Jesus. Like, how many times mm-hmm. have I just been too busy for mm-hmm. somebody? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, even through a text during the day, like, to just stop and text them back, mm-hmm. you know? I love the slow down part. And she said, and she said, is God seeking my attention? And if he is, what would happen if I gave it to him? Mm-hmm. And she even made a picture, like, he's waiting for you when, for you to wake up even. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like... We take that for granted, but like he's sitting there, like thinking about like how sweet that is. Thinking about him waiting for me to wake up, mm-hmm. you know, like that's sweet. Sometimes my kids do that. At I was about to say, Sarah, please never come <laughs> to my house and wait for me to wake up. I'm gonna sit by your it's bed and just smile. I mean, you would. I feel like I'm gonna tell Cheyenne, your next door neighbor, to be careful for, for you coming in her door, just watching her sleep. Peeping I want your full attention, like Peeper. Jesus does. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But. I also know that in Job, this is cool. Like I, this came to me not very long ago. But in Job, he whispered to Job while Job while he was sleeping, and I'm like, he like he probably needs me to shut my mouth. So he's like, I'll just talk to her when she's asleep. Yeah. Like I'm gonna, I'll tell her when <laughs> she's sleeping. But when you think of that, even that's amazing. Yeah. Like he's downloading things in our like heart even while we're sleeping. Yeah. You know? So our next. Don Cherie Wilkerson yeah. was next. Yeah. This was a good one. Yeah, she. I really enjoy listening to her speak every time that she comes to James River because that's the only place I get to hear her live. But she talked about establishment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and how the Lord. Um, she talked about so the definition of established is to set up a permanent basis. She kind of started with mm-hmm. that. Um, and 
kind of flows from the last two, especially from Debbie's, but that God has called us to establish heaven on earth. Like that's a mission that the Lord has called us to do. And then I think like in order for us to do that, in order for us to establish heaven on earth, God first has to establish our hearts. I really liked that she said that, that, you know, our mission is big, but really he wants to start, start small in our heart. And she said he established is mentioned 145 times in the word. Yeah. That's amazing to me. Yeah. This question that she asked like brought a lot of conviction to me she said am i asking questions that i knew the answer to two years ago mm-hmm. how many of us god speaks to us and we know what we're supposed to do and then maybe three months later we're like well but did you know that did you really okay so let me hard yeah let me ask you again like some things didn't go exactly how i thought so i just want to make sure if right. i'm doing the right thing and then he'll give you confirmation yeah. three months later we're right back in the same boat she just talked about how when something is established, like you write it down and you remember yeah. that it's established and you come back to it and you don't have to keep asking about it because that is something yeah. that's established in your life. I'm really bad you, about being like, okay, Lord, now if that was if that was your answer, give me a sign that that was your answer. Yeah, like, like okay, a face. Like, like I, just, I just need one more, one more sign, you know, and then before long I've asked for a million signs and no action has, you know, Nothing taken place. You've never yeah. done that with our friendship though, have you? God, Sarah, this was not. established a while ago. <laughs> Sarah, two friends. years from now, we'll still ask about yeah. Lord. Are you sure? Are you sure about this? Are you sure about Sarah? Are you sure? <laughs> Sarah and friends. Hey, actually, oh, never mind. Go. I'm gonna stop. Never mind. It's okay. Established. Um, but Sarah and friends is established. Another thing that really stood out to me is she said he establishes. That which I surrender. Yes, oh, I will you stop right. saying what I want to say? <laughs> well, they That's comment on it, Sarah. Let's say. hear it. What's something that you that... surrendered that God has established? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. There we go. Wow. <laughs> on the spot. Um, I don't know. Okay. I anyways. have one. Control was something that I wrote down right here. That um, something that I had to surrender because I struggled with it a lot and still it still tries to come up and I have to choose to surrender it every time that it comes up. And I think that's something worth noting too is that just because you surrender it yesterday doesn't mean that tomorrow if the enemy tries to bring it up that you have to surrender it again right yeah. um so it's not a one-time surrender i think the enemy can use that as like oh if it's coming back up it's like oh i failed or i didn't really s- surrender it the first time you did it's just like forgiveness there's some people in my life that i've had to choose forgiveness over and over mm-hmm. and over and it doesn't mean that i didn't forgive them the first time right but it means that i'm choosing to every single time that it comes to my mind and it's not going to control yeah well it's something that worked in the past that the enemy used yeah right so yeah. he's like i'm i know this worked in the past mm-hmm. so i'm going to keep trying to use it again i'm going to keep bringing yeah. it up and let's yeah. see if it works again and that's why it's so important to remember oh this is the enemy mm-hmm. you know thinking of it as a spiritual battle and not a physical battle this is the enemy that's trying to bring this up this isn't just physical thing that just is happening by chance right yeah and she talked about in this session how the enemy fights in circles Mm -hmm. he's the author of confusion and his goal is to keep us going in circles and so if he can keep us constantly doubting the things that god has established and going around in the circle of oh i don't know will you tell me and then we get confirmation oh i don't know will you tell Mm -hmm. me you know it's just a tactic that he uses he wants us running around in circles chasing our tail so that we don't make progress right yeah. And I think a thing like I had to surrender a while ago was my identity mm-hmm. and know that like regardless of what somebody might say of me, especially going into ministry, especially going into serving, like you think you've always got to say the right things and do the right things. But like I'm still a human, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so the enemy tries to like, well, look at you, you're in ministry and you think you're no, I'm still like, mm-hmm. you know, 
I love how she talked about being established in every season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, she talks about learning from the valley, and I just absolutely love the palm tree analogy palm tree. that she yeah. gave. That like, so, so she's from Florida, and so it was something you know that she sees every day. But um, palm trees—they establish. I didn't know this. They establish fruit in every single season. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they don't, you know, in the hot times they're producing fruit, and what we would think is cold, they're producing fruit, mm-hmm. and um, they're down there with the hurricanes, and so they're mm-hmm. bending. Like you've seen those. You know, yeah, the videos yeah. of that wind, they bend and they don't break. Tropical storms actually make these trees stronger. She gave this list of all these things about the palm trees that they're, they stay, stay standing where God established them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all those things, I just thought, wow, that's exactly what the Lord wants from us. He wants us to establish fruit in every season. Yeah. He and, wants, And he does, like, and that was a picture of what we're supposed to be like. And then the way that we do that she talked about is that our quiet time is what establishes fruit in our life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every day, like she said that every day Jesus stands at the door and knocks. It's not just at our salvation that he's knocking. Every day he wants to come and speak to us. And so when we're meeting with him every day, you know, that's how we establish that fruit. And and she said, God doesn't want us to just have an experience in his presence. He wants us to be permanently changed in his presence. And so yeah. every day we have that opportunity yeah. to sit in the presence of Jesus and be changed, permanently changed. Yeah. And I loved how she talked about being a pillar. She mm-hmm. said, whenever we are in his presence like that, we become a pillar. And if you think about a pillar on a building, like you don't move it. It doesn't yeah. move. It's there. And that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be a pillar in every season mm-hmm. and every on every day of the week. It doesn't matter what comes. We're supposed to be a pillar that doesn't change just because of our circumstances. And she talked about how, obviously, you know, God comes first um, and the church, the church comes first no matter what else is going on. Like Sundays, that really hit me. She said that um, it convicted me that she's like, you know, we might get busy and all these things, but we should look at church. Um, you know, it comes first. Like we plan our day around church. And that convicted me because we live almost two hours away from our church, you know. And I, that doesn't mean you can't watch online and different things like that. But she was talking about making him a priority, even yeah. ever, even in the busyness of everything that goes on. Yeah, she had mentioned we have the seeds in our hands and don't hold them. And I was like, oh, man, to, like, plant them and be rooted where he established you. Yeah. And and I think that, and she also did say you're established, it changes with the seasons. Mm-hmm. You're established in every season. So if he has me in this season over here, he's establishing, established, establishing me there. Okay. Yeah. God's telling me. No, that was good. Um, okay, so another thing that, like, made me think of like us arise in general is she was talking about a business that she or a ministry or something that she was a part of and it had been there like it had was a hundred year old business and it said on the door established in whatever Mm, year it was established in and she said we don't need everything to have it established in our life we just need a whisper from god that business our ministry when it started they didn't know that they were going to still be there in a hundred years. Mm-hmm. They just had a whisper from God that they were mm-hmm. supposed to start this thing. And I was rem- like thinking about how, like we have one little microphone and we have mm-hmm. a picture of us sitting there with a cardboard box and blankets over our head, <laughs> trying to record a podcast. And we don't have everything that we, you know what I mean? Right yeah. now we just have a whisper from God mm-hmm. telling us 
keep making these episodes and so we're gonna keep doing it as yeah. long as he tells us to yeah the next um speaker what a blessing the next speaker was brandy carano and that was our all of our first time ever hearing her right yeah. yeah. she was amazing she was from spain mm-hmm. um and she did an incredible job like good. i really enjoyed her but she talked about overcoming intimidation yeah. which mm-hmm. when she said that title of her message like i was all ears right because yeah. i think it's easy, or at least it's easier, easy for me to be intimidated about things, yeah. you know, especially when, you know, like, the, okay, the season that we're all in, like, we hear po- people posting podcasts, and ours don't sound like Lisa Harper's po- podcast, and so it's easily to get intimidated, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and so I don't know, I just, but that's another tactic from the enemy, and so when right. she said that topic, I was like, okay, like, I'm ready to hear exactly yeah. what she has to say. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good uh i mean she did amazing i don't think there was a dry eye in that room like her story story, incredible one minute we're crying like bawling the next minute we're laughing yeah it was and i think at one point in time or several maybe we were doing both at the same time and i'm like how does this work (laughs) yeah but she said how we respond to intimidation sarah you say it go for it that was one of sarah wanted to say let's go how we respond to intimidation (laughs) determines the outcome Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And I yeah. even put two in parentheses by um, intimidation was insecurity. So how mm-hmm. we respond to an insecurity yeah. determines the outcome. Yeah. I don't know if she asked these, but I wrote what intimidates me and what is holding me back yeah. in there when she was talking about that. And I mean, there's so many things if I really stop and think that intimidate me, that hold mm-hmm. me back, yeah. that I allow to. Well, you she know? said that intimidation will always be spoken in a language know that, best. that yeah. you know best. And that. so if you struggle with fear, then that's how it's, you're going to be yeah. intimidated. If you struggle with insecurity, then that's how you're going to, you know, and so. Yeah. And and this was another one. It was like a confirmation thing about comfort because I think Bianca was the one that talked about comfort. And, and Brandy said, comfort is the enemy of our obedience. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was like, okay, yeah. Whenever you hear things like the same word time and time again, it's like, okay, Lord, like, what are you trying to speak to yeah. me about comfort? You yeah. know, like, and it's easy. The enemy... I think that's one of those things, and I feel like we've said it several times, but comfortable, being comfortable is not a bad thing, right? Being comfortable feels good, and the enemy wants you to be okay there, wants you to. But I think God thinks it's okay to, like, curl up under a blanket and watch a Hallmark movie I agree. with fuzzy socks, right, and, and a cup chocolate. of hot chocolate. Yes, yes, I think the Lord I mean, says I feel like it. that's fine. I mean, let's, yeah. you and. We're going to do we're it. Okay, I mean, that's the like, end of our <laughs> episodes. What is this? Yeah, we're going to watch a Hallmark movie. Sorry. I mean, yeah, he wants us to rest and be comfortable. He made Elijah do it. She had three points, and just for time's sake, we can just go through them really quick. But she said, um, spread things out before the Lord, be honest with God, and turn fears into worship. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like, can't address what you don't confess kind of thing. You know, like, just spread everything out before the Lord um, so that he can work in it. And a lot of times we think like we can't go to God and and tell him these things, but he wants like he wants us to come and say, you know, if we're frustrated with something, I remember not too long ago I was frustrated with him. I'm like, for example, like he gave me a promise and it didn't come in the time I thought it should, and I said I'm frustrated, like I don't understand what you're doing here. And it wasn't long after that that the answer came, but I think it was just like a place of obedience and just going to him and being honest with him. And I mean, it 
it goes right along with this. That was how it was an intimidation factor. And that's kind of how I overcame it was just going before him and, mm-hmm. and being honest with him and having that relationship with him. Well, I think when we have moments like that, when you're able to be honest with him like that and just tell him how you feel, like he's been waiting on that because right. you trust him more. It builds yeah. your trust with him. He's yeah. like, okay, now she's getting it. Okay. And when you, when you hold on to those things, that creates a foothold, a stronghold. Right. It creates, um, you know, something negative that is able to just build and right. become more than really what it was. Yeah. So, like, as we're honest with God, like, she put that as number two. And then number three was to turn it into worship. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's so important if, like, he's not afraid of us, like, laying out everything, you know, that is hurting us or we're upset about. But then whenever we worship after that, it's so powerful. And we say, like, I know I was struggling recently and I was in like this place and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. And I was confused. And Sarah messaged me and she said, put on the garment of praise. And so then I just turned on worship music and I worshiped and it changes something inside of you when you're having a hard time or you're struggling or you're intimidated or fearful or whatever it is that's going on. If you start worshiping from that place, maybe you don't feel like it, but if right now you can start worshiping in that dark place, it does something that is, indescribable it really is yeah. well it changes yeah. your focus you yeah. no longer focus on what's negative you focus on the one you yeah. know the lord and and she had a great testimony about like her testimony was about cancer mm-hmm. and how she worshiped through her cancer and she ended up getting like these miracles happening and healing and stuff but she was very intentional about saying when you worship you don't get what you want you lift your eyes to the hills mm-hmm. and i think that's so important to remember because like, it's not about I worship so that I can get the outcome I want. It's yeah. about I worship so that I can put my eyes on Jesus because I know that he's the one that brings peace yeah. during my struggle. Yeah, yeah, you worship even if. Right. Yeah. Like I think that even if. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, the last session that they had, Bianca came back and it's finished this off favorite. on Saturday. And she talked about how to hear from God, and it was powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so probably good. my favorite. I wrote, um, Sarah was sitting next to me, and um, she's like, write it, because I told her. But I wrote, be whistle-trained for God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that that's really cool. So Jeff, he always, like, he has this whistle. And if you know his whistle, that when you hear that whistle, you immediately turn and you look and you find him. Because he either <laughs> has something to say, or he needs to tell you something, or maybe there's something wrong. All these things, you just need to find him. And he always says... I got to whistle train those boys talking about Cam and Jacks. Like he wants them to be whistle trained. And that's immediately what I heard when Bianca started talking about how to hear from God, because I feel like we should be whistle trained for God. Not that God mm-hmm. is needy and just like, you know, but that whenever he speaks, we should know exactly mm-hmm. what that sounds like that immediately when we hear, we like look and we stop and we mm-hmm. figure out what it is that God has to All say. Right. Cause he demands our attention, mm-hmm. but he demands our attention for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and not just for us too, because like she said oh, in there, yeah, she, did say she that. says, it's not just for me when I hear God's voice. It yeah. impacts generations yeah. because when he speaks, it's not just so that we'll hear him. It's so that he'll do what he yeah. says. Yeah. It's so that we'll obey. Yeah. And then when we do that, we're impacting generations. We don't even understand the impact that it has. Mm-hmm. She said that too. When God speaks, he speaks to be obeyed. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, ooh. That's good. Did you guys have that quote written down about that Charles Spurgeon says? Did anybody write the full one down? Because I just wrote a note about 
want it to you. I think I do. It says, far too many Christians have come only through Calvary, but not through Pentecost. Yes. So as a result, we are butterflies when we are meant to be eagles. Yes. Yes. I just wrote a note about it so I could go find it, but I knew that it was powerful. I loved how she said the Old Testament will love what we have today. You know, think about the old prophets and stuff. What we have today, they dreamed of. They didn't get the helper of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she talked about four ways to hear from the Lord, I guess, or... Yeah. So one was the Word of God. The second was corporately, so when we're gathering together. Mm-hmm. And then communally, which is be like godly friends. friends. Mm-hmm. And then individually. And then when she talked about individually, there were the different ways. That's it. Yeah. 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 And these, yeah, these are good. Yeah. So she talked about different ways that the Lord speaks to you individually. Right. Um, and the four that she gave was either a knower, mm-hmm. a seer, a hearer, or a feeler. And she yeah. said, um, usually you're more one of these than the other, but um, the Lord will, just because you're more of a knower, doesn't mean that the Lord's not going to speak to you through feeling or hearing or seeing. Right. And so uh, we're just going to talk briefly about what um, maybe we feel like we are. Like, how do we most hear? Yeah, I had a hard time with this because, like, I kind of have heard multiple different ways, but I think the one that resonated the most with me was knower um and that's basically just like you can't really explain it but you know Mm -hmm. what he wants you to do and that happened to me has happened to me several times like I knew we were supposed to move back to Missouri and I knew we were supposed to move from Ozark to Lebanon and I just couldn't explain you know like how I knew I just knew yeah and so it and she did talk about how each one comes with a weakness too and so with a knower um, your strength is that you push through barriers because you know, mm-hmm. but then your weakness is that you overvalue mm-hmm. the fact that you know, uh-huh. and you might leave others behind because yeah. they don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like the trample same, people without yeah, knowing. without un, like you know they don't know, haven't heard exactly what you heard, and but you're like, I know that this is what we're supposed to do, so let's go, and you don't understand why they're not jumping with you. Yeah. Yeah. I I resonate more with a knower as well for those same reasons, and I feel like I'm a secondary feeler which um, she talked about the feelers and that um, they can shift an atmosphere, um, that they have faith to intercede um, for people. Um, But she said the negative to that is that feelings can be deceptive. And Mm -hmm. so the negative to that really, I feel like, resonated with me. And so I would say knower for sure, but really a secondary feeler. I think I resonated with the hear. Um, Not that I like have ever audibly heard, but like I do hear him in my head. And I and I loved how she said, you just know when he's speaking to you, but you hear things. And then so you would open the Bible, read the Bible, you'd hear things and then you interpret in your own language. Mm-hmm. So I think of Lisa Harper a lot. Like she, she'll hear a Bible, like she'll read the Bible and interpret to our day. She'll be like mm-hmm. in the trailer or yeah. you know she makes it yeah. relatable That's and right. I like want to do that I strive to do that and I think that sometimes I can use the word I mean I'm not bragging on myself but I think I do use no. the word to try to relate to others yeah. I agree with that yeah what was the weakness of a hearer I don't have the weakness run down I know that's terrible it, it was that personal words and conviction can get mixed in with the word of God and so like you know you're interpreting it and it can get mixed together I had I was kind of at first I didn't really know because I have felt or heard or you know I've I've had an experience with all of these one of them like a feeler a really strong experience I had with that was I was when I was praying with that woman at A to B and she was telling me she had suicidal thoughts and I couldn't do anything but cry. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that was the Lord giving me some of her pain 
to know what she was feeling. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I could resonate with her. But I think my primary one is a knower. And one example of that would be whenever we uh, we were feeling called to come down to camp and move. I, kn- I knew that I knew that I knew that we were supposed to leave our youth group. And it didn't make sense. We were youth leaders at the time. It didn't make sense. And I just told JD, I said, we're supposed to leave. Like, we shouldn't be here. And I'm kind of like a bulldozer in that sense. Like, if I know that I know that I know, then, like, we need to do it now. Like, it's time. We're not waiting around. And I did overvalue, like, his opinion in that. And I, I kind of tried stepping over it. But if we would have done it whenever I felt it first, the timing would have been way off. Mm-hmm. But because... You, my husband is a feeler. He has that gift of mercy and he and he and his feelings, you know, in that were to wait and we waited and it was a good timing. But but I would say I'm the knower. It when I know I know and it doesn't matter what anyone else says, yeah. I know it's him. So I'm with a bunch of strong willed push it forward women. Yes. <laughs> no, good luck Sarah. Kinda like getting our seats at DFL. Let's <laughs> Just explain about seer. Um, yeah. The seer would be someone who sees visions or words or images. Yeah. And their strength would be that they have faith for the impossible. Yeah. And then their weakness is that they grow weary in the waiting and question the word of God. Mm-hmm. And then one thing that really stood out to me is as she was talking about each of these, obviously you have a weakness in each of them, whether mm-hmm. you're a knower, a seer, a hearer, or a feeler, there are you know, drawbacks to that. And she was saying, like, if you feel confused about something that you feel like God is saying, you always just go back to the Word of God. You're always just going to relate it back. And and if it contradicts what the Word of God says, then you know that that's not, you know, right or whatever. So if you're confused and if you feel like you're hearing from the Lord or feeling or seeing or whatever, then go back to the Word of God and Mm -hmm. double check it with that. That's good. Yeah. Does anybody have any last notes? We serve a good God that will come to us and get a word to us no matter how he has to get it to us. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thankful he doesn't just speak the same way every time, you know? Yeah. I mean, Matt, wow, it's just incredible. I feel like we could talk another hour about all the things that, um, I don't know, we just got to experience and the growth that we all got from it was incredible so we hope that you enjoyed um just kind of hearing our playback of our design for life weekend and if you aren't signed up for the next one get signed up because truly it is amazing like god is just there the presence of god is there and it was a it was a powerful powerful weekend really so anyways thank you guys for listening we love you girls and um we'll talk to you soon Bye. bye